listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening in. If you look at your calendars, it is day number two in the month of September of 2020. And if you're thinking back after a couple of years and listening to this podcast, yes, it's still in the era of COVID. And yes, we had a big old hurricane this recently come through. Uh, uh, it would be East Texas and um, uh, Western Louisiana that is uh, uh, giving us a little bit of trouble, you know, but hey, we're up and running and uh, people are fishing and getting their lives back together. And so, you know, the, uh, with the good Lord's blessing, everything is going to start to turn it around and uh, we'll be back to a normal life uh, real soon. Today, we've got a really special guest. I've really been looking forward to this interview for a number of weeks and after we set it up. And this gentleman really has, uh, there's no reason to make a great big introduction because if you love fishing and you love bass fishing, you'll know the name Lonnie Stanley. And I got Lonnie on the line, I think. Lonnie, hey, are you there, man? Oh, yes, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> you know, better than I deserve. How about you, Lonnie? Oh, we're doing fine. We we missed the storm, and uh, God's willing that poor people over in Louisiana yeah. and in southeast Texas kind of got it, but Sam Rayburn didn't, yeah. but Toledo Bend did, you know, two of the number one and two lakes in the whole nation, and uh, we right. got lucky. Wow, wow. Well, and you were sharing with me that you guys have got uh, a cold front coming in, huh? Oh, yeah, we... Uh, you know, it's been a you know probably heat index of uh, close to 105 to 110, 99 Ooh. to 100 degrees for the last couple of months, and we got a uh, gosh a real good cold front coming down, dropping down into the 50s and 70s and 80s, and so yeah. that makes hunting season great and makes the fish nationwide bite a frog real good. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. Well, we thank you so much for spending time with us today. Like I said, I've been looking forward just to getting on uh, on this interview and John with you a little bit. You know, one of the questions I asked Lonnie of uh, pretty much everybody that, that uh, we interview uh, on the Fish on Ted podcast is, how in the world did you ever get the, the fishing bug? I mean, were you a young kid when, when it hit you or what, uh, what's your story, man? You know, it's, you know, I, I was real lucky. My dad worked from daylight to dark a lot, and we catfished a lot. We hunted a lot, and he, you know, I kind of raised in the woods. Then I had a first cousin who was about 12 years older than me. His name uh -huh. was James Allen Stanley. And then I had an uncle, Uncle Cecil, that was retired out of the U.S. Air Force. So I had four daddies. <laughs> wow. And, really? uh so I had a, you know, they kept, they kept me in the woods fishing and hunting and chasing squirrels and hunting, catching bass. Uncle Cecil taught me how to bass fish, really. And yeah, and you know, it was kind of funny how it all went for the bass fishing part because we catfished and we, you know, we, the fish we caught back when I was a little kid, we caught them for one reason that was to put something on the table to eat. Sure. And uh, you know, and we went to I was a heavy equipment operator. And I had my own backhoe and tractor and bobcats and stuff that I worked construction work. And I ended up over at Texas A&M University working as a heavy operator. And mm -hmm. we, we, we made a bass club. And that kind of, you, you know, I had 30 of my best friends 
and we all learned kind of how to bass fish together. And that's how we started Stanley Jig. Wow, really? No kidding. Yes, sir. No kidding. Well, you know, I, I read some stories about your, your past and that sort of thing. And you talked in, in a number of those stories and interviews about this, this club that you had or these, these friends. And, and it was amazing to me how you were, you were not only fishing, but you were looking at the science of, of fishing for bass. And you were all trying different types of hooks and, and how you were, you were uh, um, putting together different types of, of lures and presentations. And, and it, that must have been a real interesting time going through all that. Yeah. It was, you know, the, you know, bass had got going uh, a little before that, back in the late 60s, and we started our bass club, I think it was in 1972, actually yeah. started in my, in my trailer house, me and Terry Lockamy, we yeah. formed a bass club and got the Aggie boys from, a lot of them was Aggies, some of them was just businessmen around that town, nobody mm -hmm. knew how to bass fish very good, and we had Zell Rowland come got in our yeah. bass club later on. And we learned from each other. I mean, the Popar, Zell being the Popar guy, that me and him used to, he taught me how to Popar fish, and I taught him how to Popar fish back in the, uh -huh. you know, back in the 70s. And so we learned, we had a, a team that we taught from each other. And, you know, if I was telling anybody how to go be a better bass fisherman and never had done it before, go mm -hmm. find you a good guide, go out a couple of times, and then find you a real good club, bass club somewhere, that you could go join and do like what we did. We had 30 guys yep. testing different lures and mm -hmm. we all got better. <laughs> wow, wow. And then, I mean, you, you took that to the next level too, didn't you? I mean, the, the, the tournament started uh, uh, becoming more and more popular and, and you qualified for a lot of the, the Bassmaster Classics, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, but you know, when, when back to our club days, back in the Bass Club days, and yeah. we kept on learning, kept on learning, getting better and better. And we won four, uh, you know, the BSS and four American Angler State Championship through the 70s all the way to 1980. And wow. I kind of turned pro and started making a Stanley homemade jig. And I fished my first tournament with it in December of 1979. And uh -huh. I know it was 100% the Lord's will that, me, that I won that tournament because I didn't have a clue what I was doing. <laughs> Really? Oh, no kidding. But with your own homemade well, jig, huh? Yeah. Well, after I won that tournament, then that was in December. And then come February and March of the following year, I won five more tournaments in two months on a homemade wow. jig. Then the people like Tommy Martin, Larry Nixon, yeah. Ricky Clun, John Torin, the Hemp Hill Gang, all those guys want to know what in the world this was I was catching all these fish on. So uh -huh. the pros got behind me and started helping me promote it. And I just kept inventing it and better, making it better and better and better until mm -hmm. it's the same identical jig that we use today. Our casting pitch flipping jig is the exact same weight, same skirt. Yeah, It's just got a little bit better hook in it. But the pros led me down the right path of what to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, and, and you're still probably uh, um, uh, doing a lot of research and, and uh, fiddling with the with the, what you're bringing out now aren't you well you know being almost 75 years old i took off a couple of weeks say i would i hear about a year or so ago like retirement well that didn't work i was at the house <laughs> making this and changing spinner baits and making buzz baits making chatter baits and making this and i said i ain't gonna do this i'm going back to my office and, and go back to work i i 
you know, it, it's kind of funny. I, you know, a lot of people enjoy different things. I yeah. enjoy, the, you know, being with the family and sharing good times with the family. And I, I love to sit and be innovative. You know, I'll take a great bait and try to try to make it just a little bit better. Make it something mm-hmm. that'll catch fish better. You've got to catch mm-hmm. the fish first. I don't care what it looks like and what That's it true. does. It's got to catch bass or crappie or whatever you're fishing for better than your competition or what you already got. So the innovation part of Stanley, that's what I do. <laughs> oh, very, very good. So you, you have the fun job. It sounds like it. Uh... Oh, it is. It's uh, I'm very blessed to have this. You know, I'm working on a bait right now that that's been out. I can't tell you. I can't even hint what it is. That's because we're kind of waiting until we get it ready. We got it right. A new name for it, but. We we usually at Stanley Jigs use a bait, not just us, but some of the pros and stuff on Rayburn and Toledo and the Texas lakes, which are so yeah. much, you know, a bass in Rayburn is no different from one in Michigan. It's no different. There might be different size, color, but still same species. And right. so we do a lot of testing down here in some private lakes in Rayburn and Toledo and up north, Texas, up towards Oklahoma and, uh, when we come out with a bait, it's got to be the best one where we can make to catch fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that makes sense. Uh, that that makes sense. Now, uh, Stanley Jigs. I mean, you guys are now nationwide, are you not? I mean, you're you're in uh, what Cabela's and and Bass Pro Shop, and and uh, your products seem to be all over. Yeah, we we actually used to sell. We had some problems with Stanley Jigs, one of our big, I can't mention the names, but one of the big chains went down and the big distributor went down and cost us a lot of money and it slowed us down for about four or five years as far as cash money. We didn't, you can't lose two or three million dollars on bad deals (laughs) and be a small company in East Texas and we recovered from that. My real good friend has been with us for 30 years, 35 years, John Hale's brothers bought my old partners out so if oh, you look wow. at the package when you buy a stanley product it'll have hell stanley hill lures mm-hmm. it was really it was really funny i got to tell this story <clears throat> back in the early 80s uh i say early mid 80s uh robert hell that owns the hail lures made the little crawfish yeah. that we caught so many fish on right uh he wanted to sell his company well stanley jigs bought hell lures and we've had hell lures and stanley jigs together for 35 years and some eight years ago robert wanted robert hale wanted to get back into the tackle business so he bought my old partners out i kept my part so now mm-hmm. it's hale stanley instead of stanley hale <laughs> it's kind of funny how <laughs> okay. things turned around but it's been good we you know we work as a team that's uh-huh we got a new uh-huh. guy here clifford uh well man he's uh he's the new generation that you know john's 78 i'm 75 and yeah. Here, here comes the guys in their 40s. It's, you know, computer excellent on the computer. Mm-hmm. And real good at, at relationships and, and advertising yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's fun. It's still fun. I don't know if it'll ever not be fun. True. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's just something that I love to do as far as the innovations of new products, new colors, new yeah. books, you know, whatever. And, uh, You'll have to shut me up because I talk too much. <laughs> no, no, you're doing great, man. You're, you're doing great. So, you know, if you, if you had, uh, you know, some uh, 
young kid come up to you, you know, and kind of look at you with these big, big doughy eyes. And he's going, man, you know, I'd like to get, you know, like, you know, like to start fishing. What would you recommend that um, he put in his tackle box? Well, you know, it's, uh, you have to be real careful when you're starting out like that. You know, you probably your number one bait to put in a tackle box for a beginner is a spinnerbait. Cause yeah, yeah. It, it's, 10 months out of the year, right in the middle of the hot summertime, I don't catch very many unless they're schooling on spinnerbait, but eight mm-hmm. months, nine months out of the year of spinnerbait would have to be the best thing. I've got a yeah. nine-year-old grandson that's been fishing with me in the boat ever since he was four or five, and his number one bait, and he has learned so much about how to run a spinnerbait slow, fast, drop it, you know, uh-huh. wake it and all of its thing. He's, he can catch fish on a spinnerbait when I can't catch one on a spinnerbait. And, you, you know, then the number, you know, that you don't set the hook. You just, you know, the new chatterbaits is a good uh-huh. bait for kids. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. rail traps, you know, crankbaits and stuff like that. Jig right. is kind of hard for a beginner. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of funny what I went back to that. They have got so much, so much different things that we used to. I mean, my grandson goes on his computer and pushes how to fish a, a plastic worm in Okeechobee, oh, Florida, right. and they'll sit there and show you how. We didn't have the technology back in the 70s and 80s that That's true. the little kids that really want to learn how now can sit home and, and watch the ride. Well, don't watch the crazy. Now, it's a lot of crazy stuff on there, but pick out the good channels, and yep. uh, you can learn from that. And you know, Later on, you can join a bass club, and you can be a pretty good fisherman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the bass clubs, you know, that uh, that's a big deal, isn't it? I mean, it, uh, it 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 teaches you a lot more than just fishing, you know? I mean, you yeah. you make well, commitments it, to people and Yeah, mm-hmm. it it makes, it make it does two or three different things. It makes you learn how to position the boat better, how to use your time better, how to you're in a competition. You know, and every human being, I don't care where you're at in the world, has got a built-in competition mode. I want to yeah, beat George, or I want to be better than the Smiths <laughs> over here. You know, I want to, I want to beat him, and I want to catch a bigger bass. And you know, the, it's just there in a in the human race. And yeah. bass fishing and bass clubs com- competition is makes you a lot better fisherman because you try harder, and what you learn, you don't forget. I mean, you, yeah, you know, you learn, you catch a five pounder in a tournament, and you're doing shaking a lizard and fifteen foot, and whatever you was doing. You won't forget that, you know. You might forget mm-hmm. it if you're just out playing, playing around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So true. You know, and 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 I'll show my ignorance a little bit, just because I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and we didn't have as much bass fishing up there as what you guys do down south. But is, is there a big difference in in how you fish for largemouth bass versus smallmouth ba- mouth bass? Well, <clears throat> that's kind of a hard question. It's court. You have to put in what time of the year it is, water temperature. Yeah. You know, if it's you know, like I've been watching some of the shows myself. I we used to fish Lake Ontario and Finger oh, right. Lakes and doing ESPN shows up north a lot, and mm-hmm. th- you know, you know, in Thousand Islands and you know, up there and smallmouth fishing for most guys from Texas was a lot like bass fishing, but right. I mean like largemouth. But uh, you know, also it was different because they run in schools real mm-hmm. big schools and real tight. You fish five miles, don't get a bite, and then catch a hundred. Right. You know, and that's not uh, the norm for, for you know, large mouth. You know, you got to, they might be big schools of them, but not like that. 
And right. anytime you go up north fishing, you drop your line size for clear water and the size of your mm-hmm. bait, whatever you're using. Other than that, mm-hmm. it ain't no different. I mean, we're yeah. using a one-ounce, half-ounce jig and 20-foot of water on Sam Rayburn. And you go to St. Lawrence, somewhere up there, whatever, and you use a 3-H jig and 12-pound 12, 12 test line. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there are some differences. That's for sure. I, uh, oh, I'll, I'll do a shout out to a guy by the name of Robert Resentes and a good friend of mine uh, when I was in the Portland, Oregon area there, and he kept bugging me to go out smallmouth bassing, uh, bass fishing with him, you know. And I, and I had done a little bit of fishing for largemouth, and and being from the Northwest, we do a lot of right. uh, salmon and steelhead and that sort of thing. But he kept saying, Ted, you know, the Columbia River is just thick with with smallmouth. I go, no, really? And he got me into that and he took me out and I uh, I had a, a, a floating Rapala he gave to me. And about two hours into my first trip, I boated a seven pound smallmouth. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. This is crazy. And uh, that uh, there for a number of years, that's uh, that was my choice of fishing was going bass fishing, you know. What right. a great time that is, you know. Your 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 story kind of sounds like me. We I decided to fish the uh, you know BSS in the early '80s, and my first trip to the St. Lawrence River, you know, Lake Ontario, and I had a a black Rebel Popar that we had painted for Sam Rayburn, uh, and it was yeah. tied on my rod, <clears throat> and I don't even know we we found a little bitty map of the of the river and the lake, you know. So I right. just take off running which way I thought might be the right thing to do. And my first cast on the St. Lawrence River by a bush, Papa, Papa R, I called a 612 smallmouth. And it took me 15 minutes. I hooked him on the <laughs> underneath side of his little fins. Fat oh, kind of really? hooked him. So I thought I had a shark or something. I didn't know. It was my wow. first cast ever for a smallmouth. Yeah. And that was no, my biggest one by far. Like, I ain't never caught one over five pounds since, but uh, <laughs> right. that that is fun. Smallmouth yes. fishing to me, the guys that live up there, they are blessed to have that kind of fishery to mm-hmm. get to go fishing. I mean, all you got to yeah. do is watch some of the FLW and the Bassmaster tournaments on all them lakes up for smallmouths, and uh, they just fish different. way we used to Carolina rig them and jig fish them there now, drop mm-hmm. shotting and stuff, but it's the same, same fish, same kind of, almost the same kind of baits. 40 yeah. years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so true. So, so true. Now, you started Stanley Jigs. How long ago was that? Was that early 80s? Is that when you... Uh, well, I won, a, I won that first tournament in December the 9th of 1979 yeah. on, a, on a homemade jig. Right. And we didn't fish anymore that year. And everybody, that kind of got it started. And the next year, 1980, we started building them. I'd build, I would build like 50 dozen jigs. And me and my wife and my three kids, you know, like a 12-year-old, an 8-year-old, mm-hmm. a 6-year-old girls, Shannon, Jenna, and Sandy. Yeah. And uh, we had a little little building that was 8 foot by 16 foot long. I would pour uh-huh. them on in, and my wife would paint them in the middle, and the three girls would package them on the other end, and I would carry them. And I'd sell them for like $10 a dozen. That's not even wow. a dollar a piece. You know? Wow, no kidding. And I'd buy my gas and stuff, and that's how... We got it started, right? And then we started making two hundred a week and three hundred a week, you know. And finally, we got some guys to help us build them, and we built a bigger building. And 
Yeah. It went from there. You know, it's kind of funny, like the American dream was still there. I hope it's still here from after all this crazy stuff we're going through, fires and yeah, some of the it. crazy things that goes on in America right now. I hope it, <clears throat> the American dream don't never leave because it's worth, yeah. you know, it's worth fighting for because it's, it's fun to get to, to live that part of the, of my life. The good Lord let me live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you've had you've had numerous adventures, haven't you? I mean, with not only fishing, but you know, being in business and and a fishing business in particular. Um, well, you know that that to me yeah, that's not. Well, I mean that, 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 was, that that's a lot of. That fun. was kind of that's kind of a crazy thing when you just got through saying it. What it is. Uh, uh, when I started out, you know, I'm fishing tournaments here in Texas, Louisiana, and when I fish started fishing bass. And did real good. Made the classic for two or three years in a row. Uh, Then we started the ESPN show. And Stanley Jigs went crazy. So we had Walmart meetings. We had Kmart meetings I had to go to. I had to jump in the car and run, go do filming for three days over here. Jump in the truck and run over this way and do six days of bass fishing in Florida. And drive back and go to Lake Mead. (laughs) Ah! I'll tell you one thing. I must have been in a heck of a lot better shape than I thought I was. (laughs) I can just imagine. I see the kids doing it now, somewhat like that. You know, 30, 40, 50-year-old people. And I told my wife the other day, I said, you know, the good Lord gave me a lot more strength. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. I just don't know where it come from. (laughs) We, We used to call that a star salesman. You know, as you draw a star, <laughs> yes, you go yes. from the bottom to the top and then down and then across and back and forth. And, and, but you uh, know what? It was, it, it was all fun. And uh, yeah. if I had to, I wouldn't change nothing about my life for my three kids and 10 grandkids and three wow. great grandkids. I mean, I've had a ball and the nine year old that lives with me, his dad died when he was three and a half, four years old. So oh, I really? really got a lot of pressure on me for as being a, Papa and a daddy both, but I, it's a blessing. He's, he jumps in my lap and gives me a big old hug at least twice yeah. a day. And I don't care uh-huh. what anybody says, ain't nothing as good as that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, that, that is exactly right. Wow. Wow. So you, uh, uh, you, you've got a built-in fishing buddy that, uh, that lives with you. That's cool, man. Oh yeah. Only problem is he can outfish me and outshoot me now and he's nine <laughs> years old. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you a quick story. Last week he said, dad, Peppa, he said, it's two hogs in the pasture. It's about a 40 acre meadow behind our house. And I said, well, get yeah. gun the seven millimeter rate and shoot one of them. And he goes out there 350, mm-hmm. 350 yards. I can't even see the hog. He shoots, kills the hog, you know, like no big deal. Oh. <laughs> I can't even really? see the hog. I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, no but, wow. You know, it, it was been, you know, it back to Stanley Jigs and stuff like that. You know, it was definitely a uh, Jesus leading us down the right path. We got a lot of lucky breaks in our, our business and mm-hmm. everything that we did for us that. But, you know, we went back and made the spinnerbaits the same way we did in 1982. The same yeah. cast jig, we put a bigger hook in it. Now you can cast it or pitch flip it, either one. So mm-hmm. we actually made the Stanley product along with the Hill stuff. The baits that you buy from Stanley right now, Stanley and Hill, are better yeah. than they were in the 80s. They've got a better hook, a better wire, a better swivel, better whatever. <laughs> so we're good. real proud of that, and we made in, made in the USA everything we made. Right, right. Wow, that's cool, man. That That, that yeah. is cool. 
Well, Lonnie, I want to thank you so much for spending this time with us. It's been really a pleasure to get to know you, and and uh, I'm I'm honored that uh, you uh, you gave me this time today. And uh, you know, we uh, we just wish you and your family and your company the best, and and that uh, you know you stay safe during these crazy times, like you just mentioned. It uh, you do it, it is you do the time. same thing. If you ever come to East Texas, you give us a call. You, We'll carry you fishing to uh, and let you catch some largemouth down here in Texas. You know, I'm going to take you up on that because I got I've got a trip I've got to make to Texas um, uh, here in the next year, and uh, we're we're uh, we'll for surely we'll look you up because I'll be in your part of the world and just to shake your hand, I'd like to do that. You got it, Buck. Same here. I appreciate you calling. Thank you. Okay. Well, you take care, Lonnie, and and uh, tight lines, my friend. <laughs>